I, I, I waved high. That? That yes. was waving? Apparently. That thing? I don't know, Mom! Oh, I see it now. <laughs> He's having a coronary! <laughs> I'll make up the rules, Mom. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. It's like. That's saying hello. <laughs> so, shall we get started? Oh, yeah! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another session of Thumbs Up or Down. I am Eric Terpel. I am Melissa Leach. And today, we have a little bit of a double feature for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about two Disney sequels, both from Disney+. And we figured, you know what? Anyways, we're talking uh, Disenchanted and Hocus Pocus 2. Let, let's go over a little bit of backstory, uh, starting off with Enchanted, because this is... That is what the Disenchanted is a sequel to. Uh, you've seen Enchanted, right? Oh yeah, plenty of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, looking into this, I found out a little bit of interesting uh, pre-production history. Um, when this uh, was first being pitched around uh, to different studios, apparently the concept was a little bit more PG-13, and the, the writer of the film, uh, uh, Bill Kelly, had actually described it as sort of like influenced by American Pie and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And uh, there was even a plot point where it's like somebody thought Giselle was a stripper. Oh my god, okay. Uh, I think... Pulse the movie and she's a stripper? <laughs> apparently. I, I don't know if this was going to be like a full-on PG-13 or if it's like going to be like... If it was intended to be like a full R-rated parody on Disney, but uh, <laughs> apparently nobody wanted to go with that. <laughs> Uh, and, and it was also one of those films that took a while to, like, really find the right people to, like, get this greenlit. Because uh, I noticed it went through different directors and producers. Like, uh, it was originally going to be produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, who did uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean films. And it was also being pitched around to people like Rob Marshall, who did Chicago and Into the Woods. Um, Adam Shankman, who we'll get to later on, actually. And... Uh, John Turtletub, who directed the National Treasure movies, and uh, uh, a film I remember you bringing up that you had seen as a kid, uh, Three Ninjas? Mm, yeah. And also at the time, uh, Kate Hudson and Reese Witherspoon were considered for the lead role at one point, but um, but yeah, it's like, uh, the original Enchanted I actually thought was a pretty delightful film. I mean... The, uh, the first Enchanted, um, if nothing else is on TV, but enchanted like i'm not gonna be upset if i'm stuck watching enchanted it, it, it's it's one of those films that like it may not be your favorite but like it's more than tolerable so it's it's like it's one of it almost kind of has like a i do but i don't want to say old like 90s film kind of vibe to it in in, in almost a sense to where given like the, the, the time that it was made, it's still tolerable. I think that the pre-production of it, like, Disney was still, like, in a back and forth about whether or not they wanted to, like, have Pixar fully on board uh, as part of the company. Um, they were also, like, uh, going through that transition of, like, going from 2D animation to doing completely 3D animation with their animation studios. So to see a film like this that, like, is an animation and live-action hybrid and to go back and using uh, traditional animation was... I can definitely see where you felt like that was more of, like, a 90s thing. It's, it almost felt like the, the structure of, an, of the 90s film with the first Enchanted movie to where it's, it almost felt, like, original. Yeah, because uh, the, the acting uh, definitely felt a little bit more appropriate because... Uh, seeing amy adams play this sort of like bubbly like uh just like you know constantly in this uh fairy tale mood set and having her contrast with like the real world is really interesting especially with that uh one bit where she finally goes i'm angry oh my god i'm angry and that felt good yeah i mean it, 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 it just it, for some reason it worked it just it it, it there's a many aspects of the film that just work with it i will say this though uh the one thing that uh to me still kind of felt a little bit out of place for me was like a the defeat of the villain uh i thought was a little bit rushed and like the way they kind of do it it's like was a little weak because like i couldn't tell like wait did she 
lose her balance because a chipmunk jumped on her or something? Because I've seen Enchanted a lot, and I'm even talking like recently because I think it was on just a couple of weeks ago on cable, because... Do you watch cable? Uh, no, I don't have cable anymore. I've uh, been strictly streaming since 2018. No, no judgment, I'm, I'm just uh, asking because, like, Cable is a really big fan of, of, of Enchanted. They play it all the freaking time. No, really? It also, they also uh, am, are obsessed with Jennifer Lopez movies. Being the fact that I've kind of seen it recently, I kind of, no offense, didn't bother with watching it again because I figured, okay, it's already still pretty fresh in my mind. But bad thing is, is I don't remember the scene where they were killing the, the, the villain. Like, uh, the, way, uh, the way it comes about, it's like, oh, well, okay, I guess she's gone now. Because then, like, with, with Enchanted, um, it's one of those movies where I would watch it and actually pay attention to it up to a certain point, and then I would lose interest, and then it would just kind of, I would be doing something else while it was on in the background. Yeah, it, it does, like, as I've gotten older, it does start to feel a little bit more like one of those, like, family films that people describe as, like, uh, oh, both kids and adults can enjoy this, but it's like the parents don't need to like fully be on board to like enjoy it. Like it's one of those kind of films where it's like, it's, it's a background it's, it's, movie. It's a family. It's definitely a family film and it's definitely tolerable for most parents to mm. watch with their kid. It's not like a, a, a parent. I, I don't see any parent like why to like pull their hair out just because they're watching to watch Enchant. Like it's a good enough movie to where it's like tolerable. So it's 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 one of those films. I I think it's no, I don't want to say that. I was about to say it's kind of like Princess Diaries, but in my opinion, Princess Diaries is not. I know adults who really love that movie. I don't. I don't know. In my opinion, Princess Diaries is actually better than than Enchanted. But yeah, it's it's. Ooh. It's, it's still not a bad film. I haven't seen Princess Diaries in a while, so it's like I can't really make that comparison. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Prince Diaries was also recently on. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, then no, again, not... then again, a lot of Gary Marshalls do end up on cable anyway, like Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve. I think he uh, did. I think he did one for Mother's Day. New Year's Eve was on just the other night, not Valentine's Day, but New Year's Eve was on just the other night. I literally watched that, and I'm not gonna lie, that was probably the first Gary Marshall movie that I completely lost interest in, like 20, 30 minutes into. I knew it. And mind you, I like Gary Marshall. I like his work, but for some reason, New Year's Eve just loses me. Uh, That'll be a story for another day, because I got my own thing with him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But going back to uh, Disenchanted, because I know a lot of people really wanted to see a sequel to Enchanted, because even the cast was saying, it's like, look, Disney, we want to do a sequel. We're not getting any younger. And, and I know, like uh, the the one person who was able to like get the get that project greenlit was the right uh, the screenwriter Bridget Hales, because apparently if it wasn't for her like getting that script finished up, uh, apparently Disney would not have done it. Also, because uh, I had brought up how Adam Shankman was one of the uh, possible directors to direct uh, the first movie, he's pretty much the director of Disenchanted. And fun fact. Uh, Apparently, he was originally signed on to direct Hocus Pocus 2. I don't know if either one would have been uh, the better choice, because um, I have beef with both films. Yeah, and it's funny, because apparently um, these two films went into production around the same time, uh, Disenchanted and Hocus Pocus 2. And I think one of the reasons Disenchanted took longer was, one, the effects in production, but two, they were filming in Ireland as opposed to uh, staying in America. Enchanted was filmed in Ireland? Apparently, yeah. There, there are a lot of the, especially the outdoor village scenes, uh, they had to, like, build the sets in uh, different parts of Ireland. Oh, apparently some scenes were also reshot in Buckinghamshire, England, and New York City. Apparently it began in Enniskerry, Wicklow, a small village nestled on the east coast of Ireland. Okay, that is interesting. Although it does make me disappointed at the lack of leprechauns in the fairy tale village. Oh my god, shut up. <laughs> I couldn't resist. So let's get into uh, Disenchanted. Uh, so 
for those who don't know, the plot of this time around, uh, G- Giselle and Robert uh, are moving to the suburbs with Morgan and their newborn daughter, Sophia. Giselle is feeling homesick. Prince Edward and Nancy gift the family with a magic wand for the newborn royal. And this gives Giselle the idea to use that said wand to pretty much turn reality into a fairy tale. That's about right, yep. I I wasn't too favorable with this movie, but uh, there were some things that I did appreciate and respect a little bit. Um, Number one, I thought... I thought it was a good concept. Like, the idea of uh, having uh, the princess, you know, after her happily ever after, like, becoming uh, the one thing she fears most, a stepmother, is is a fascinating concept. Because you think, like, you know, at this point in time, you know, Giselle is technically the stepmother to uh, uh, Robert's daughter, Morgan. So to have that fear lingering with her, I thought that was a really interesting concept. Because uh, it does make you think, like, oh, could this same thing happen to, like, Belle or Jasmine or Ariel? Well, and, I would work with uh, Little Mermaid 2 because they are kind of did a Little Mermaid 2. Right, but that that was, like, uh, her being, like, an actual mother, not, like, a stepmother. I see what you're saying. I even like the, the little uh, reoccurring gag where uh, Pip is slowly becoming an evil cat. My mom was, was, was a big fan of that. <laughs> She wasn't a big fan of Pip. Kind of thought that was stupid. Well, I don't think that there was a whole lot of that you just think was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's the only part—I mean, if that was the only part I thought was stupid, then it's like, oh, you're gonna be in or all the trouble. <laughs> way too much singing. Way too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Too much. Yeah, I, I, I mean, admit, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like letting you go. You you state all your issues before I I um rip this movie a new asshole okay yeah because uh the other two things i wanted to bring up that i did appreciate about this movie was uh i am glad that they kept uh andalasia 2d animated like in the first movie i'm thankful for that because you know i'll always be uh, a stand for 2d animation over 3d animation fight me and uh the third thing i liked was robert and edward's relationship like i, I love how this like very posh and like so full of himself prince is like trying to bring himself down to this level of like uh trying to get down onto this other mortal's uh level and and the whole bit of like him saying it's like look i think it's time for you to become a swordsman yourself uh i felt like this could have been done better as like a little bit of a mini series and it's like you had like a couple episodes dedicated to edward teaching robert how to be a hero in a way to make it into a series if it were up to me and if i was like saying like i wanted to like iron out this concept a little better yeah i probably would have made it but i don't know if i would make it like a full-on season of episodes i think i would like just like only make it like maybe like eight or ten episodes maybe six those were the things that i actually did appreciate about it um there was something i liked about it uh for one thing I did like Morgan's character because honestly, I felt like she was a relatable teenager. Yeah, she may have been, you know, a little bit attitude-ish, but like, because I'm not gonna lie to you, throughout the movie, I was honestly feeling the exact same thing which she was about her mom. I was like, oh my god, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying everything. <laughs> oh my Jesus! But um, I, I I I did really like her character. Um. I'm trying to remember everything here. Um, yeah, I, I did. I, I did like the idea of like Morgan feeling jealous and like kind of fed up. It's like of uh, not being like fully related to the this magical family that's coming to her life, and suddenly yeah. like, oh, my little stepsister's getting showered with gifts, and I'm left with nothing. What the hell? Well, it wasn't even just that. I also think it was the, the fact that she just, I think there's a part where that didn't feel like she belonged in the family. And I definitely know that feeling. Uh, I know my mom knows that feeling. I don't know about you, but like, I know a lot of people that grew up in families where they generally didn't feel like they belonged in the family they were born into. Mm-hmm. And with her, it wasn't even like her uh Giselle was even her real mom obviously but it could it, I, I given like where she's she not co- biological 
Well, no, but like, I know I get that. It's just like, you know, I, I, I can understand how she would still feel like she doesn't belong in her own family, mm-hmm. regardless if she, she is blood related to them or not. So, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I totally get that. And I definitely see her as, see her as, as being this very, very relatable teenager, uh, with the issues she, she's having. Cause I know a lot of, of people, especially when they're a teenager who felt like they just d- didn't belong, not even just like in popular groups and, in, in, in or in just in school, but in their own families in general. So. Yeah. I thought the, the way they set up her character in the beginning, I thought, okay, this is a really interesting way to put it. Like, you know, she's break out of this outcast, uh, shadow. And it's like, you know, being a little bit difficult, So there's two things. I did like the 2D animation. Here's the thing. I like 2D animation when it's done well. Because there are some people that don't do it very well. And when it's done well, it's good. And I do feel that this movie definitely did the 2D animation very well. Yeah, Disney uh, has uh, gone back and forth with uh, giving us... uh sometimes really good animation and sometimes you know just like kind of like you know slacking on the job at times like especially during their direct-to-dvd uh sequel craze Mm -hmm. because a Uh, lot of the animation uh in that was mostly done by their tv animation studio and you can definitely tell but uh i mean i definitely loved the animation i loved the the effects with with the 2d animation um but one other thing i can think of other than the animation is the memory tree scene i thought that that was done with the graphics and because i i I do admit i tend to think a lot of people go way too far with the cgi um, especially in superhero films. Um, mm-hmm. However, with with this film, I especially that scene in particular, I felt it was done well. And nowadays with films, I don't say that lightly mm-hmm. or too often. Um, it just with the storyline, with everything, it it, it actually kind of reminded me of. Frozen 2. Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was exactly like it, but it, it, just the way that they managed with, like, the swirls and making the portal and, like, making mm-hmm. the memories come to life. Or, um... Yeah, I did... It was kind of interesting when they revealed, like, oh, yeah, the whole world's a fairy tale because uh, you've been taking our magic from our homeland and putting it to your life. They're like, oh. Oh, God. <laughs> just remind me of was ever after um the cgi that was involved with ever after was uh i think worked pretty well much much to this one it was kind of very similar um there was another movie and i lost it completely for i i completely lost it when you see them or just regular the the graphics because some people take cgi too damn far and i'm like Mm-hmm. And it, it just it go, they go too far with it that it kind of ruins it a little bit. But when it's done right and tastefully, it adds to it. It adds to that like magic and and, and all of that. Um, another one I was thinking of for 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 summary. Uh, no, mom. Um, I was thinking Inside Out. Oh yeah, the core it, memories. It, it, yeah, out with the core memories. That's kind of what it was reminding me of a little bit with the way that they made the memories of her um light up. It was very similar to me to Inside Out, the way it would glow, almost like it was being activated, um, and, like, how it was, like, just, like, uh, being shown, stuff like that, and so it, it, like, said that the portal and things like that that was opening up, so when everything was combined with both the CGI and the 2D animation, it just, it felt, it felt like it was done properly, and it wasn't overdone. That, in my opinion, is actually how you do CGI. Using it, it when it feels necessary. Yes, exactly. Not just 
oh, let's just add some... No, like, it doesn't help the story. With this, it was used for the story, not against it. It wasn't just added unnecessarily. It actually helped move the story forward. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree there, especially considering, like, this was, like, being filmed, like, as we were, like, you know, starting to, like, get past the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic as people were starting to get vaccinated. So it's, like, they could have easily just done, like, a whole CGI sort of thing where they just, like, filmed in, like, these open areas and then just, like, oh, we'll add in the, the buildings in the backgrounds afterwards and then uh, then we'll add in these other people who aren't actually there, but we'll make it seem like it's a big crowd. Just, but yeah, yeah it, 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 it just it was done very, very properly and tastefully and mm -hmm. in a way to actually add to the story, not against it. So I was definitely very impressed with the animation and the CGI. I liked the, the way that they went with that and I liked their take on it. Mm -hmm. And I will admit, I, I do think uh, some of the costume design is uh, pretty, uh, pretty nice as well, um, especially when they uh, when you see uh, slowly watch uh, Giselle like slowly uh, dress herself just more evilly as the as the film goes on like um, I will admit I wasn't fond of the costumes that they used I actually felt like they could be but they that actually could have been improved to be honest with you the gowns didn't seem like this is not going to be a word but I'm going to make the word princessy enough <laughs> because admittedly in during the scene uh, where she wakes up and she comes downstairs, I think she's wearing, like, that blue... It, it kind of looked like that blue dress that she was wearing in the first Enchanted that she made it at the guy's curtains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that dress does. like a princess dress to me. It seemed like a, a, a real traditional princess dress, but, like, when they were th uh, making her into a queen, I was like, that's the dress you chose? Really? I, just, I don't know, when I think of princessy, I, I tend to think of, like, sparkle, crystals, just, you know, diamonds. Like, I, I tend to think of it as, like, royalty and, and this and that. Not, not, like... Could your shoulder pads get any bigger? You know what? I'm not even joking. Uh, when I saw her wearing that gold dress, you want to know what quote immediately came to my head when I saw that freaking dress? Remember the, the quote from Napoleon Dynamite, I like your sleeves? Yeah. That's all I thought. Always <laughs> telling her, I like your sleeves. <laughs> cool sleeves, bro. Same thing when she wore the freaking dress in the first Enchanted. Like, those freaking, I don't know what people are thinking. Like, okay, I get it. Like, it looks princessy, but do the sleeves have to be that big, okay? I'm sorry, but when you're taking, uh, like, when you look at, like, the costumes in um, Ever After, they literally were, were portraying queens and kings and like royalty and none of them had big ass sleeves like that okay none of them had none of them had big sleeves um i just to make sure because i don't even think cinderella ever wore big sleeves like that people <laughs> i don't know what's bad when i put in cinderella how many movies freaking come up because the story's been so overdone so overdone and like so many different movies featuring cinderella like like, around the time the Into the Woods movie came out was, like, just before the remake of uh, Cinderella. She did have a little bit of a poof, but they didn't take up half her arm. I'm sorry, that is, I think, where they lost it with, 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 with me and Giselle, is is they made her poof, they made her dress, like, the poofs, like, take up half her arm, and I'm like, is that necessary? Well, you know what they say about uh, people with big sleeves. Oh my gosh. I was suggesting snacks. <laughs> just the more you kept saying big sleeves, it's like it just that just got stuck in my head. It's just yeah, it's just, I don't I don't know the the I mean I like I kind of understand where you're coming from, but I I do feel that the costumes actually could have been improved. I mean, I I get I respect where they were going with it. And I respect their efforts, but. And, and kind of going back uh, to the stepmother turning wicked concept and also just uh, going a little bit into Morgan's character, part of me kind of wishes that Morgan's character didn't change after Giselle's wish 
you know how she makes the wish and then suddenly like uh morgan's got that more like bubbly personality of like oh i'm, I'm gonna do my chores now that sort of thing yeah i kind of wish that she had kept like her own personality and she's like mom what did you do and then slowly but surely like she starts to become that like wait why why am i feeling like i want to say good clean like what what did you do like to have that back and forth between them i i would have liked more of that actually i kind of agree with you that's actually one of the things that i kind of wish that they would have kept i just i don't i mean i get i guess i get why they didn't do that i kind of wish that they had did actually keep that in there more uh morgan's like teenager battle of personality because uh, there was that point where she's uh, talked to by Giselle when she's trying to resist being evil and then say, it's like, hey, I need your help. I'm not me. You got to get your godparents to help out. Like, I think it would have been more interesting, like, you know, like Morgan kept her personality and was just like, you know, doing the bubbly thing just to like, you know, not draw any suspicion to anything going wrong. Like, oh, everything's fine. I'm okay. <laughs> I don't know any kid, even fairy tale land, that would be that excited to do chores like that because when they were all going into song and dance and i was like i might have to take a hit myself <laughs> I, it just it, i was like yeah it just it was it it just went overboard for me and because in my opinion her teenager personality was what was actually making me laugh she was actually a funny teenager and that was part of the co the comedic relief for me when she became all bubbly this was completely losing it for me I think what was also losing me was uh, some of the song segments that they had. I'm going to be honest, like, e even in the first Enchanted, it's like I thought the songs were a little underwhelming, uh, despite having Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz writing them. And the same thing with this movie. I think with the exception of two songs, I thought were okay. Uh, the one where uh, right before Giselle makes her wish, and then the other one where it's between her and Maya Rudolph singing, it's like, who gets to be the villain of this story? Because I, I will admit, I'm a little mixed about uh, Maya Rudolph's inclusion in the movie. Like, I kind of get what they're going for. I don't know. The, the whole thing of, like, Maya Rudolph being, like, this uh, this schemer, in a sense, with, like, two henchmen. It's like, I thought that could have easily been cut from the film. Or, better yet, don't have her succeed at all. I actually... Because uh... then you could have, like, kept, like, the main villain role in with Giselle... You could still have Maya Rudolph uh, be this sort of secondary villain, but it's like she then has to learn that it's like, oh, no, this is Giselle's story. It's like she she's the one who gets the upper hand at, at all times. Either have Maya Rudolph I mean, in there or don't have her character at all. Well, I mean, what if they really wanted, because, I mean, honestly, this entire thing was, was a, they, they stole so much shit from other Disney movies in this film. They even stole so, Alan Menken. Huh? Or no, wait, not not Alan Menken, Alan Tudyk. My bad, excuse me. Alan Tudyk. He he's the one who plays the scroll. Oh. He, he's been in a lot of Disney films, like since Wreck It Ralph. Well, with with them, if they really wanted to, because like I said they they basically stole from every other movie in here. Um, and there was even one film that they stole from, which I'm like, wait, they actually stole from that particular movie because there was a certain line in the movie that I completely recognized. It was this particular line from a movie that I, 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 it was, it came from another movie. I know that. I just, I can't, because this is going to bother me until I actually find out. You're going to look it up? Literally, yes. So I'm trying to remember if it was a busy movie or not, but I remember. I, I think I was having that mindset when uh, I was talking about Corella during our worst of last year because uh, i had mentioned how the ending to that movie is like completely ripped off from uh the denzel washington john goodman thriller fallen it's like i said given how much they really took from other films i mean they could have easily made it to her like not giselle but like maya rudolph she was like a fairy godmother and she she um granted giselle a wedding gift wish for like a, a, a moving wish or so, something of that effect. Because honestly, the, for henchmen, I, that, that got old. Yeah, Jamie Mays and even Nicole Brown just, uh, they're basically the big hench and little hench of the movie. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that like uh, about their figure. It's like I'm saying that that's just a common trope in movies where it's like you got a little henchman and then a bigger henchman uh, and they're bumbling. 
that and i also have to say like uh the ending of the the ending of this movie just like really felt so predictable because i knew they were gonna go with you were a true andalasian the whole time you're my yeah. daughter and i'm like this was so unbelievable off. it was it was ridiculous i was like like when the whole thing of her hooking up with with her the daughter hooking up with with uh maya rudolph's uh character's son Oh my god, yeah, I forgot that he, uh, the love interest was Rudolph's son. Like, oh my god. Like, everything about this film was, was freaking predictable, and I'm just like, like I said, with the way that they stole from, like, everything. Yeah, it's like, it actually reminds me of, like, uh, this old, uh, it was a fake trailer for King of the Hill, the movie, where it's like, at the end, Hank Hill uses his third wish from a genie to wish things back to normal. <laughs> It's like, that's the vibe I was getting. It's like, oh my god. Like, so they, 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 they borrowed from, like, God knows how many. I'm like, people, you need to stop stealing from, you need to stop recreating and stealing from Disney. <laughs> yeah, unless it's The Simpsons, then, then that's okay. Who's the fairest of them all? You wouldn't a pinch, my queen, but Snow White's the fairest I've seen. Also, there's a weather girl on Channel 9 who's <laughs> Sorry, that, <laughs> that one clip still makes me laugh. One of the dresses in the shop that she's shopping at for Morgan looks literally like a fancy version of the yellow dress that Belle wore in Beauty and the Beast. Better or worse than the 2017 dress? 2017. Yeah, because uh, I remember like um, uh, our, our friend Morgan had told uh, told me at one point like one of the biggest problems she had with the 2017 movie was that the dress seemed a little bit too complex in its detailing, whereas uh, in the original animated film, it was a little bit more simple. Oh, the one with Emma Watson? Yeah, that one. The dress in the Emma Watson version just looked a little bit, like, too finely detailed. Is it bad that I actually liked the dress in that new film? I mean, I, I, it's not wrong to hate it. I'm just saying, for me, in comparison, it's like... Uh, because that was a, a good point that Morgan brought up, and since she's she's a little bit more uh, dedicated to like uh, clothing and wardrobe and fashion, it's like I, I can understand her complaints. Actually, I'm not gonna lie that the, the the dress in the, that Emma Watson wore actually looks better than the one that was in the shop with Disenchanted, but it, it looks like kind of like a ripoff. <laughs> um, well, if you were to like see the scene, you would know what I'm talking about. Um, is there anything we're missing about Disenchanted that we wanted to bring up? I'm just still trying to find the freaking line about it, but I mean, I, I know that you were talking about costumes over. I mean, there's there's other things that I kind of need to bring up that I felt that it could have done better with. One of them um, being, um, I'm sorry, I know that this is a Disney movie and I know that it's a musical, the songs were lacking. Oh, God. Like I said, like, the only two songs that I actually thought were good were, uh, or at least, like, a, a little bit tolerable were the song right before uh, Giselle Makes Her Wish and the the villain song between Giselle and uh, Maya Rudolph. Uh, what, what, what is her character's name? I didn't name? Hold even on. personally care for, even though, it's just, I, they didn't have anything that was really drawing into that. Malvina Monroe, that that's her character's name. Yeah, it didn't really seem like there was like much much of a draw for these characters to like interact as much, other than the fact that, oh, our kids go to the same school. The chemistry in this movie seemed kinda off. It seemed admittedly forced. Yeah, and it didn't really uh, it didn't really seem like uh, that Maya Rudolph had much of like a motive to be evil, other than the fact that, hey, I'm the ruler of this town, I should be evil. Between, like, the act... I mean, the scene was... The way that they were was okay. However, when it came down to more as saying, can you guys ever just, like, talk <laughs> and not sting everything? That, that, uh, I, that I, I like that line. I was like, yeah, I'm with her on this one because this is actually getting old, and I'm not lying, like, 20 to 30 minutes in, I was thinking, this is putting me to sleep because I'm sorry, the pace of this movie was slow really slow uh i was trying to literally stay up just to watch it because i told my mom i was like if this wasn't for the podcast i would have turned it off ages ago <laughs> the songs really weren't doing anything for me i was kind of over it 
by that point because it was it was too much she was singing like every five seconds and i'm like can you like not because not everything has to be sung here also they kind of uh recasted morgan uh with a different actress for this movie and i don't really understand why because uh actually i do um it was because i actually looked that up myself because i was like why did they choose the original apparently the original girl is like 24 and too old oh well yeah what, like, was she supposed to be, like, 14? I don't know. She was like a teenager. Yeah, she was supposed to be a teenager, but I guess in their eyes, she felt that she didn't look like she was still a teenager, so they were trying to find someone who looked like they could pass the bar. I, I guess, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you, because honestly, she was supposed to have made some kind of appearance in this film. She did. I, I actually, uh, when I was looking, uh, watching the film, I was like, Okay, apparently she's credited as like a one of the kids in this town. It's like who's she? And I'm like, there she is. They focused on that one girl for a while. I recognize her. Really? Yeah, I think it was the scene where um, Morgan is singing her song. Uh, what was it? Uh, as she's roaming about the village. Like, there's at one point there's like uh, this one group of girls, and it's like I think the one with like the long curly hair is uh, Morgan's original actress. Was it one of the girls that was with a prince? It might have been. Um, hold on. Uh, let, let me see if I can look up the... Because the original actress's name was uh, Rachel Covey. So let me just see if... Um, yeah, it's uh, the one who, who has like uh, the green shawl and uh, with a flower on it. That's a green dress, not a green shawl. Um, oh, is it a dress? Well, it literally didn't look like her to me. Um, hmm. Oh, that was the line. Um I literally just saw it. Um, it was when, you know, the the the, the line uh, from uh, Aladdin uh, when it was literally right at the beginning of the movie when they were kind of going panning across the market and they go sugar, sugar dates, sugar dates and pistachios. Sugar yeah. dates and pistachios. Yeah, it's it's a specific line like literally right at the very very very. Or, oh wait, no, it's not. It's not the very beginning. Um. It's when Jasmine is through the market for the first time. She's dressed as a peasant. This is when she literally tries to run away from the palace. She's uh, walking okay. the marketplace, and there's a guy who's trying to sell her something. There's like a bunch of people that are trying to sell her something, and he goes, "Sugar, sugar dates, sugar dates, and pistachios." And she and it, it, it's that particular line right there. Hmm. Um, that literally was the exact line that was used when. Um, I think it was um, Giselle. I think she's literally walking through the marketplace and someone calls up lime sugar. I think it's supposed to be an Easter egg, but I'm like, I mean, <laughs> yes, it's Disney. Okay. But I'm like, seriously? I'm I mean, surprised you caught that because that is a really specific line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it literally, when I heard, I was like, how many ideas do you need? No wonder this got greenlit. It's just literally recycled. It's, yeah, it was between, like, Snow White, Cinderella, uh, Beauty and the Beast, all this stuff. I'm like, I mean, I get it, it's a Disney film, but I think one of the things that honestly was kind of irritating me was that most most movies, when they do, like, an Easter egg, it's subtle. But with this movie, it felt more like, it almost felt like either stealing or plagiarism. Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's, like, like, probably more stealing, in a way. And I'm like, I get that it's Disney, I get it's Disney owned, but I'm like, people, like, you can't come up with something else, like I said, so it's just, yeah, it was, it was, between the pacing, the songs, her singing every five seconds, like I said, the, the, it's just, this, this movie, um, and mind you, I was hoping that this movie was actually going to be good, because when my, my mom and I saw it on TV, since we both are, are decent fans of the first one, um, Mom saw it and was like, oh, maybe, you know, that's that's one for us. So I was actually generally wanting to like this movie, given how much I liked the first one. Yeah, but, and same here, because uh, I actually really like Adam Shankman as a director. Like, you know, the remake of Hairspray, uh, even Bedtime uh, Stories with Adam Sandler. I really enjoyed that film. I think I was first introduced to Adam Shankman, admittedly, years ago. And I think I watched one of the high school musical films. And keep in mind, I am not someone who's, who, I'm not a teenager, I was not a teenager that was obsessed with High School Musical when it came out. 
However, on occasion, when it did come on, because there was nothing else on, I would put it on. I was like, okay, whatever, you know? Was Adam Shankman uh, part of the High School Musical movies? I think he was a part of the second one, if I'm not mistaken. Let me check that real quick, because, I mean, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not... Yeah, because I'm looking through his Wikipedia, and it's like, I'm not really seeing him credited for any of them. If he wasn't the one who directed it, he was one of the ones that did the choreography. Yeah, see, I did want to like because there is a lot of things that he's done, which I really like, like The Pacifier, A Walk to Remember, um, Bedtime Stories is a big one for me. I loved Bedtime Stories. Even, bedtime Stories um, is great. Step Up, Cheaper by the Dozen, The Wedding Planner. Like, he's done a lot of films that I really, really enjoyed watching, but sometimes his movies are a bit of a hit and miss. Yeah, because uh, I-, I know you brought up Cheaper by the Dozen. I think he only directed Cheaper by the Dozen 2. Yeah, well, that and Rock of Ages. I have seen Rock of Ages. I did like that movie. Uh, he also directed uh, Bringing Down the House with Steve Martin and uh, Queen Latifah, which, granted, I haven't seen yet, but it's like I've seen brief clips, and I'm like, okay, it's one of those kind of comedies. I actually wasn't a big fan of Bringing Down the House. I, just, I lost interest. I, it, mm-hmm. it didn't. There was nothing about it that really caught my attention, to be honest with you. But I'm just like... Eh, this one didn't quite hit the mark for me. I'm not saying that that Disenchanted was the worst movie I've ever seen, okay? Yeah, not even the worst film that he in particularly has directed. But, um, I definitely would say that this film is more of a film for, like, young kids. Yeah, like, I don't, really young kids. I don't, I don't really see any adults unless they have kids Mm -hmm. like i can honestly see like a lot of adults are getting tired of watching it um so it's just it's just it's not my favorite overall i probably have to say it's like it's it's a disappointing film i think that's the best way i could say it It, it's thumbs down very disappointing a six and a half out of ten yeah i I think that'd be the the best of give i'd probably say like maybe like five for me it, it was just a, it was just dull tweak the storyline tweak the kip a little bit it 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 possibly has potential mm-hmm. um it could have been better it's this version really missed the mark agreed just yeah to any any parents out there like if, if you do get high keep keep in mind you might want to take a hit before because it this film might be better um, if you're actually high. This, it's just, the singing alone will get to you. Even the concept could have been better. Agreed. Yeah, going over uh, Hocus Pocus 2 now. Um, so before we get into that, I have to mention, uh, recently for the, the Halloween season, uh, I was going through a list of uh, films, either Halloween or horror-related, that I had never seen before, and... Ironically enough, Hocus Pocus was one of them. Uh, really? Yeah, like, I had seen brief clips here and there, uh, but it's like, I, I never grew up on the film as a kid. Uh, I didn't even know what it was until, like, 2009, 2010, maybe? So it, it was one of those films that I didn't necessarily grow up on, and I was like, you know what? I'll give this a watch. And surprisingly enough, I thought it was really delightful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I actually found out that uh, apparently um, one of the producers, when they were originally uh, trying to get this uh, off the ground, apparently they offered the the producer role to Steven Spielberg, but he declined against it because he saw Disney as a family film rival. That's interesting. I also apparently found out that uh, one of the fun facts about the original Hocus Pocus is that the role of uh, Winnie, Winifred Sanderson was originally written with Cloris Leachman in mind. For a split second, I knew I knew the name. I, for a second, forgot the face. I actually feel that they made the right choice with Bette Midler. She does a great job just, like, hamming it up a lot in this movie. Uh, when I first saw her character on this movie, I didn't care for her because her character kind of annoyed me when I was a kid. I didn't appreciate her acting as much then as I do now. It's for some reason there was a lot about her character that just was... I, I, I get think when I was a kid, 
I saw her character as being whiny and annoying. Well, I guess I should have called her Wynafred. Thank you. (laughs) But, yeah, I was really young when I first saw this movie, and I think at the time, I was a much bigger fan of Halloween Town. With uh, Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, Debbie Reynolds, uh, Kimberly J. Brown, etc. I I think this was a movie that I learned to appreciate more as I got older. I think watching it as an adult and just looking at it through the perspective of like like a childlike mindset when watching this movie, and it it does work. I definitely don't hate this because I'm not gonna lie to you. My fate probably my favorite Halloween and it's mostly due to the fact of my childhood is literally Halloween Town. Hmm. I don't hate this. I don't hate Hocus Pocus. And I'm talking about the first one here, not the second one. This one, no, I don't we, hate we haven't gotten to the second one yet. I don't hate the first movie, but it's not my favorite. I can appreciate it for what it is. I appreciate the storyline. I appreciate the characters. I appreciate the acting now as an adult, but it's still not my favorite Halloween movie. Yeah, I'm kind of in the it's, same boat because uh, my uh, my pick would be uh, probably like a Nightmare Before Christmas, which people have confirmed that it is technically a Halloween movie. But I kind of go back and forth and say like it's for both. Well, I think Nightmare Before Christmas would it just technically be considered a holiday movie, not necessarily a specific one, but you can literally watch it near the end of the holidays. But with yeah, with with Hocus Pocus, however, it is a movie that I can enjoy when it's on. Although, admittedly, after a while, I kind of get sick of it. It's kind of like that movie, uh, like movie Casper. Yeah, actually, uh, that that is a good comparison because, uh, and funny enough, I think that was a, a, a Steven Spielberg production. Although, admittedly, I think I like Casper more than I like Hocus Pocus. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, good films, not bad films. Um, however, they're not different films, but there's so much of them that I can take before I'm like, okay, I'm kind of over it. <clears throat> I need a little bit of distance, and then I can go ahead and go back to watching it. It just, it's, it, the problem is, is cable play these movies so much that it's, it, it wears on you after a while. <laughs> yeah, and while we're on the subject of cable, uh, going back to when you had brought up, um, Princess Diaries and New Year's Eve. Uh, Gary Marshall actually has a part in the original Hocus Pocus. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. I, I just still think it's kind of funny how uh, the actress who plays his wife is literally his sister, Penny. Yeah, I was just about to say, I have a bone to pick. What the fuck were you people thinking? <laughs> you know how freaky that is? Very. I mean, we, we've kind of been over this with, like, Call Me By Your Name, uh, talking about how unsettling that was. Rationalizing that with me—that that's almost like. Well, he uh, is dressed as the devil. Shut up. <laughs> it's inappropriate, dude. Even if he is Gary Marshall, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. He he seemed like a fantastic director, all right. Maybe maybe they were just like desperate for like uh, someone to play his wife, and they're like, okay, but we're not crediting you guys because we don't want questions. You're, you're crossing the line there. Only in the nineties. I mean, I know this movie's hell old, okay, but even still. However, it's, yeah, I mean, like I said, getting back to what I was saying, yeah, it's just, like I said, this, 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 a lot of things about this movie worked between the storyline, the characters, and I'm sorry, but, like, even, like, the bullies that Max was having to deal with, they weren't, like, bullies that you see now in films to where they're just, like, overly stupid. They were actually intelligent people for the most part. They were competent enough. It just, they, 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 just, they, they, they literally just acted like they were idiots. Yeah, I, I did like that last, uh, that one last encounter at the end where it's like, uh, Max is about to leave, but he's like, I'm taking my shoes back. Yeah. <laughs> See how so, you like walking out barefoot, jackass. Oh my god. Oh, oh, something you found out? What, what is it? serious uh, hold on i gotta yeah apparently he admits he was stoned i mean that that would probably explain why he took uh being called a virgin so uh lightly <laughs> i am surprised uh, well, he got away with that especially back in the 90s kudos to him for admitting it 
Maybe that's why he didn't want to return to the sequel was because Disney had a no had a new no smoking policy. Did they even uh, offer the, the the role to any of the original people? Yeah, because uh, actually that was one of the things that um, uh, Bette Midler was like extremely passionate about was that she was trying to get as many people from the original back on board as possible. Like, even, like, not just, like, in terms of the cast, but even, like, uh, the behind-the-scenes crew. Like, she was, like, adamant on, like, trying to get, like, um, anyone who, like, wasn't retired or uh, anyone who was still alive at that time. Wow, that's all I got to say as well. Yeah. Oh, man, I gotta tell my buddy Zach about that. <laughs> He's gonna love it. It's good. It's a good 90s film. I also kind of appreciated the, the fact that they went out of their way to record, uh, as many daytime scenes uh, in actual Salem, Massachusetts, as much as they could, giving it a... Yeah, the, there were a lot of scenes where... I think most of the stuff they recorded on a soundstage in uh, California, but uh, they did film uh, a lot of daytime scenes uh, in Salem, Massachusetts, to be since it, since it was a film about witches. Okay, that's pretty cool. Do you know where Hocus Pocus 2 was filmed? Fil- that was filmed in Rhode Island. Which I'm like, well, that is a step down. Exactly. Oh, and apparently, uh, the working title that were that they were using while filming was apparently Black Flame. I mean, that makes sense. If I if I recall correctly, like, um, I believe it was Bette Midler who was like the most, uh, adamant about wanting to do a sequel back in I think 2014. One of the things that had happened was that. The original writer of the original, uh, Mick Garris, or I don't know if he was fired, but he definitely was not part of the the screenwriting process anymore because uh, he originally wanted to do a made-for-TV remake for the Disney Channel or uh, ABC, and Bette Medler was the one who said, like, absolutely not. So are we officially covering uh, Hoax Books 2 now? Uh, yes, we are. Um, one of the things that I liked about this movie, although I do think it could have been improved a little bit, was the backstory behind their characters. It kind of was nice to see them attempt to explain their behavior and why they do what they're doing. Because I know that they were trying to provide like a backstory and, you know, showcase what I, I kind of would would have liked to have seen what had happened to their parents. Like they had raised themselves, and I'm like, wait, are they living by themselves? Where's their Where's their parents? Yeah, that that, they, that is a good question. Uh, did they leave them alone? Are they dead? Like, what is going on with that? Because I'm like, I don't know many kids that young who would be that responsible, who would be able to take care of themselves. I mean, yes, sir. I I do know know Drew Barrymore was like emancipated at a young age. And she did pretty much okay, but, like... Would Drew Barrymore survive the Salem Witch Trials is the question. Well, like, Drew Barrymore also, like, had help. I mean, she had family who I'm sure could have, like, helped her out and, like, friends with that she had help. Mm -hmm. From the looks of it, I don't think that that those three little girls had help surviving and taking care of themselves. Like, how did they get food for themselves? How did they afford it? How, you know... What are these kids surviving on? Where are their parents? So, like, this is kind of, like, I appreciate their attempt at trying to kind of cover, like, the origin story. There's still a lot of questions unanswered. If, I, if you're, if you're going to go into, like, the origin story, really go into it and, like, don't leave people questioning. Don't leave people with more questions than answers. Like, honestly, if it were me writing this, it's like, I would have, like, uh taking it a step further with like uh, the remake of the witches where it's like your introduction to the Sanderson sisters is that, Oh, their dinner is actually the, one of the children that they turned into uh, their meal. Like it's a little dark, but it's like, I, I feel like that'd be a good introduction. It's like, just make them witches from the beginning. It's like, then it's like, okay, where did their power come from? You know, how far back does their lineage go? Like I said, it still felt unfinished. If the whole film was just, like, entirely a prequel about their origins, it's like, I would have been okay with that, because what they do with the actual film is, like, it's basically just recycling the original, only it does a lot of the same... uh, It does a lot of the jokes that the original felt like it was avoiding, 
and this one was doing them right now to make up for it. Like uh, when when they're when they're re- resurrected in like uh, modern day, and the two teenagers are like, "Oh no, we're forty year olds," and they fall for that. They fall for that, and I'm like, "Oh, you've got to be kidding me." They literally blew up out of stone, and all of a sudden they're back. That doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, and and, and that's another thing that re- just come back. <laughs> Yeah, and that's another thing that bugs me, is that they're resurrected by, oh, uh, one of our fans uh, ended up recreating a candle. The the candle that was said to be like, oh, there's no other one in existence like it. It's like, oh, but some guy is able to recreate it? What? If they were trapped somewhere, that'd be one thing, bringing them back with a candle or this, that. But they weren't trapped. Okay, yeah, that's another thing, because, um... Uh, no way i'll get to the end later but it's like at the end of the first movie it's like you notice that winifred's the only one that turned to stone and uh sarah and uh god what, what was her name uh what was uh the the one who acts like a dog it's like they both ended up like bursting into sparse like a dog. <laughs> just the way you said it the one who acts like a dog well she does i mean she ends up barking and it's like wait what and she could smell the children it's like mary that's it it's Mary Sanderson, uh, played by Kathy Najimi. They're all great actresses. Yeah, like, honestly, if the whole film was like, oh, they only resurrected Winifred, and she was working on a potion to resurrect her sisters, that could have been interesting. But it's like, oh, no, all of them are back at once. Ta-da! Like, ugh. So I do agree that they are all very, very good actresses. However, I will admit, I don't think that this was their best work. No, it felt like... The, their performance in this movie it, it felt like they were trying way too hard it felt like especially with that freaking Walgreens scene like oh my god that just felt like a whole Saturday Night Live sketch that just like got extended into a feature and they were just doing all of the bad jokes they would usually cut out of it although I think it would have been this is going to go really dark, but it's like, if it, if it was up to me making this and I had no limitations, instead of a Walgreens, I probably would have made it a Planned Parenthood. Oh, dear God. I know, I know. It's a little dark territory, but it's like, you know what? Why not go the extra mile for it? I, just, I don't know. There are, so, there are so many things. It was obvious. The green screen work was obvious in this movie. Oh, God, yeah. That was really bad. Um the song number uh where they do one way or another like that number yeah, was uh, so bad because mind you at least the flying scene first movie they made attempts to make it look a little bit more realistic mm-hmm. but with the green screen moment in hocus pocus 2 it kind of looked like one of those green screen scenes from like a, t- a late night talk show scene when I was reading up on how, like, this was originally intended, like, the the original writer wrote this as, like, something to be made for TV, it definitely... It felt like no one... It felt like they were half-assing the movie. The entire movie. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was a little bit disappointing. Because, mind you, I never really had any desire to see second Hocus Pocus movie, because I'm like, I really don't need another one, but I'm like, whatever, I guess if you saw it, you know, I'll go ahead and watch it, because... After you said what you said, my mom was curious, and I'm like, seriously? I was like, we just watched this in and wants to watch one that's... See, oh, I honestly just wanted to see how they brought back Winifred. After she literally was turned to stone, and she was blown up, how they were going to bring her back. And they really didn't explain it. No, they didn't. It's like, oh, hey, this fanboy of ours uh, read the book and recreated the cancel. Okay, how did he find the materials for that? Just so many things were, like, really confusing to me in this movie. That, and I'm sorry, but there was a particular scene that I'm like, are you gotta be kidding me right now. Like, you could have been watching any other movie. There, when, the one, when Mary was flying past, and she looks into the window of two guys sitting on a couch, they're literally watching the original Hocus Pocus. I think I blinked when I missed that part. What? Yes! Yeah, I Uh... I literally, like, oh, I don't sweet know God. Where, in the middle of the movie, and the only reason why I knew it, that is because they literally were showing the scene where Gary Brooks' character is, like, talking to his daughter in, 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 in the kitchen or some shit, okay? That's literally 
I yeah, I know we already dis- we already discussed that. Uh, the fact yeah, they they were showing that scene in particular. I think the reason why was because if they they I think they thought oh if we just show the kitchen scene we're gonna get away with this. I'm like people, did you think that that was actually intelligent? No, like people who like that that was not an Easter egg. Yeah, I mean that's just out of the stupidity. Yeah, because like uh, that was uh, that was a problem I had with um uh, the recent Halloween film that came out, Halloween Ends. With uh, uh okay, bit of context. Uh, in the original John Carpenter's Halloween, uh, there is a scene where uh, some of the uh, a babysitter and uh, one of the kids is watching uh, the thing from another plant, uh, from another world, uh, 1950s film, and then years later in 1982, it was remade by John Carpenter who directed Halloween. And so in Halloween ends, they show a clip of a babysitter and a kid watching John Carpenter's The Thing. Are you trying to imply that in this world, Halloween the movie is based on true events? Yeah, like, it's... Uh, it's so confusing. It's just, it's really... And I think, and it could be the fact that filmmakers were like oh no one's gonna notice or oh it's just gonna be a funny strike i'm like no that's just confusing to the plot also that that one bit these women for real and i'm like people this is a goddamn movie like keep it science like keep it fantasy science fiction like you don't need to it's i don't know i have so much beef for this movie yeah um I, i think the one thing that also really bugged me is that near the end when it's like oh they didn't complete the spell but it's like hey they still felt a little bit powerful okay, but there's no consequence to that, so it's like, why don't you just uh, stick to what you got and then attack everyone else? It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's... And that whole, I like, ending of, like, oh, I actually really did care about my sisters, so I want you to kill me so I could reunite with them. I don't know, I'm not gonna lie to you, I even thought the ending of this movie was really bad. It wasn't just for death, it was, like, everything. It was, it was... Literally everything. This is one of those sequels where I just felt so empty. And funny enough, it's like, I even looked at some of the reviews that this movie was getting, and even the ones that did like this movie say it's not as good as the original. Just stick to the original, Hocus Pocus. That's my recommendation. Genuinely, yes. Yeah, major thumbs down. Like, I'm I'm not gonna lie, this is actually one of my least favorite films of the year. Yeah, uh, I would actually need to, like, think on that one because i don't actually know yeah i i've i've kind of given enough time favorites but even still i guess since it's like since it's like i saw it in october it's like i've had like a couple months to like let it process and yeah this this was bad like i'll at least give disenchantment credit it's like at least there were at least i was disappointed with it and I felt something about it. Like, there there were some more things I could appreciate. But with this one, it's like, I'm kind of scraping to find anything that I, like, even enjoyed. Like, not even, like, them bringing back uh, Doug Jones as Billy Butcherson. It's like, okay, cool. That doesn't really change anything. I thought the original Billy Butcherson was, was better. I did. No, they, they changed. Billy, uh, Billy, or, wait. Did they change the actor? No, uh, they got Doug Jones to come back and reprise the role. Oh, hello. I must... I'm so sorry. I must have been, like... My mind must have been somewhere else when you mentioned the the reprisal of that character because, honestly, his his makeup in the first one was better. Honestly, after... Like I said, I never needed... I was never one of those fans that, like, needed a second Hocus Pocus movie. I was like, all right, the first one was okay... I can live with it, especially since they play it, like, every goddamn year. But after what you said, my mom was just curious, and I'm like, I literally had to suffer through just some chances. You're really going to make me suffer another film? <laughs> since she literally just said that it was even worse, and I'm like, I'm not really in the mood to watch another horrible film. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no pushing on Hocus Pocus, too, but it's like, when you said you were going to watch it, I was like, well, I think we got time, uh, if, if you want. <laughs> And then after that, I was like, okay, you know what? Let's take a break from that. And I decided to watch Kingsford, and I was like, okay. Keep the Sanderson sisters' name out of your mouth. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at Will Smith. I mean, yeah, it sucks he did that, but it's like, there have been worse celebrities that have done worse. I mean, hell, Matthew Broderick killed a person. 
Uh, oh yeah, uh, he ran over somebody in the eighties. What? Uh, yeah, that uh, that is a. <laughs> if you look up on the, you can Google a whole list of like celebrities who have like gotten away with worse crimes than what Will Smith did. No. Yeah, but I think that's a story for another day. Yeah. Really. Uh, uh, but anyways, uh, final thoughts on Hocus Pocus two. No, I, I think we basically said what we needed to say. Okay, good enough. <laughs> yeah, there's, not, there's, there's nothing else I can say, honestly. Yeah, I think I've gotten all I needed to get out of there. Uh, they're both on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we recommend you f- have you find something else better on the service. Trust us. Just stick with the originals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that said, uh, thank you all for joining us uh, for this uh, Disney Plus double feature of Disenchantment and Hocus Pocus 2. And until next time, I'm Eric Trapel. And, and, <laughs> and we'll hear from you guys next time. Take care.